Uh, Joni Mitchell, just one of two Canadian icons honored at last night's Kennedy Center Honors. And joining us now is music expert Eric Elper, who joins us on Global News Radio. Hey there, Eric. Good afternoon. Well, you know, that's kind of a little bit rare to say the Kennedy Honors after the last four years of being AWOL, isn't it? Yeah, well, uh, absolutely, right? I mean, this is the uh, first Kennedy Center Honors that has seen the presidential uh, box uh, filled uh, once again. And uh, also, you know, you and I earlier this year, I know I remember we were celebrating Joni Mitchell and the 50th anniversary of uh, Blue. And here we are again talking about uh, Joni. And so good to see Joni Mitchell at the Honors last night, Eric. Yeah, for sure. You know, her influence and her greatness keep going it seems like every month something is happening to make her go back into the news and rightfully so a couple of months ago um her blue album is number three on the rolling stones greatest albums of all time and the last time that the chart um did it back in 2003 it was number 30 so the fact that it rose 27 spots to hit the top three um just shows you that her influence is still going from taylor swift to olivia rodrigo in fact today um ultimate classic rock which is a magazine and a website, they just ranked the 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 best singer-songwriter albums of all time. And Joni Mitchell's Blue is number one. Uh, number two is some guy named Bob Dylan with his Blood <laughs> on the Tracks album. But the fact that you know we're still talking about her um, almost on a weekly basis with regard to her music is astounding, considering that she kind of quit the music industry a decade and a half ago, really. Sure. Do you think 2021, Joni Mitchell, then, is she having a, a bit of a renaissance? Yeah, I, I think when when whenever she decides to give quotes on her health, I, I think it sparks up a whole new renaissance for her. She um, gave an interview this week with regard to the Kennedy honors. Uh, and she said that, you know, she's having a little bit of trouble getting back to normal. She's able to talk um, well, but moving around is still a little bit tough for her because of a stroke that she uh, that she suffered a number of years ago. Um, so, you know, she's not going to be recording. She's not going to be touring. Um, but the fact that she can still command all of our attention just shows you just what an absolute pinnacle of a career she's had um, in the 20th century and, and beyond. Yeah, and we understand that she was honored with performances by Nora Jones and Brandy Carlisle at last night's uh, Kennedy Center uh, Honors. And I know you alluded to this a second ago, Eric, but uh, why is it, what is it about Joni Mitchell and her music that it is so pervasive that it has had influence and the impact that it has had on generations now of performers? Yeah, I, I think part of it is just her her absolute honesty and the fact that um that she was able to maneuver around the music industry and last as long as she did um, with the classic albums that she had ranging from folk to classical and jazz and rock um, being the best and the greatest at whatever she did. And she did it on her own two feet. She did it without, um, you know, kind of selling out or making bad albums in the 2000s just for, you know, just for survival purposes. When she was done, she was done. And I think a lot of women take a look at that and men too, certainly. But I think, you know, Anora Jones, um, Brandy Carlisle specifically, those two look at the career that she's had and, and, 
and something kind of clicks in both of their minds that say, you know, it could be done the way that we want to live our lives and have careers and have families or tour when we want to and make the music that we want to, it could absolutely be done. Just take a look at Joni Mitchell. And I think that she's just built that path for, for somebody like Nora Jones and Brandy Carlisle to, to walk on. Yeah. They look at her and they say, that's the blueprint. That's the yeah. way it's supposed to be done. That's the way it can yeah. be done. Yeah. Yeah. Especially because, you know, nobody was doing it. I mean, you had Dusty Springfield and you had uh, Aretha Franklin, but they weren't as level-headed or and strong-headed at the same time as Joni Mitchell was. I mean, the able to be able to bust down the doors for singer-songwriters in the way that she has is in the same way that Lauren Michaels was able to do um, with his, you know, with his career getting the honors um, like Joni did last night. Yeah, let's talk a bit about Lauren, the other Canadian. Uh, the Canadians really kind of took over the Kennedy Center honors uh, last <laughs> night in some ways. Uh, Lauren <laughs> Michaels, it is incredible, Eric, this uh, run with SNL. He's been the showrunner since the show's uh, inception back in, I think, 76, 1976. I mean, this yeah, is no, just a... 1975, yeah. And yeah. Took five phenomenal. years off in the 80s. Yeah, yeah. A phenomenal oh, just, run, you know. though. Yeah, look, if all he ever did was the kids in the hall, he might be up there. You know, at least that's what I like to think. But he's also been the executive producer of The Tonight Show since the mid 2000s. He holds the record for the most nominated person in Emmy Award history. He's got 94. I mean, comedy just doesn't exist in the same format without SNL. Um, and then when you add the late night series, the kids in the hall, the tonight show, all the movies that he has done, everything from, um, I mean, Wayne's world to Tommy boy to man on the moon and baby mama. And, um, just so many hilarious films that, that we still use lines for in our daily occurrences um is pretty amazing what he's done i mean you you listen to comedians and or or comedy writers talk in interviews about lauren michaels and he's just, there's no mount rushmore of comedy like he's it. it it actually kind of ends and begins with him when you're talking about late 19 you know 1970s um to today yeah, and responsible for so many Canadian careers as well. I mean, yeah. Dan Aykroyd, one of the original Not Ready for Primetime players, thinking about Paul Schaefer, who was part of the original SNL band, uh, Mike Myers, of course. I mean, the list just goes yeah. on and on. Yeah, you know, Hart Pomerantz um, with the Hart and Lauren Terrific Hour on the CBC um, back when I was born in the early 1970s. I mean, Hart was, you know, a, a big... Uh, a big writer for the National Lampoon's magazine um, in the in the 1970s and 80s, and you know he was the executive producer of of Conan O'Brien, and, and always had Canadians on there. Um, you know, and he's ultimately responsible for really bringing Jimmy Fallon to the limelight, really in the way that 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 he had with Portlandia, the Ruddles. There were so many great series that that lauren had a hand in and and you know the world is is that much better really because these these two are both in it without a doubt uh snl by the way obviously a comedy show first and foremost and i don't know if you know the backstory of this or not but i'm really interested in who decided and i'm taking it it was lauren that uh, music needed to be an important and a vital component of snl yeah lauren wanted to have um the ability to have music on it 
kind of like the uh, TAMI show um, back in the 1960s or American Bandstand. He was always a music lover um, and wanted to merge music and comedy together because, you know, he probably didn't think of it at the time, but most musicians want to be comedians and actors and most actors and comedians want to be musicians. So in the beginning, um, when they had Billy Preston and Janice Ian on the very first show with, with George Carlin, um, comedy, uh, music was like the way to sell this because, you know, the actors weren't ready for prime time. So the tagline said they nobody in America really knew who any of these people were. So Lauren was using music in order to get that kind of audience that he thought that the rest of the show would be able to command. And and but now it's still a huge deal to get an SNL musical performance. It shows that you've made it. And you and I have talked certainly on this program um, on you know Monday and Tuesday morning about who was the musical artist on there. It's a still one of the prestige opportunities when you're when you're an artist oh without a doubt without a doubt uh finally by the way i think the line of the night from the kennedy senator center kennedy center honors there we go <laughs> easy for me to say the line of the night had to be president biden who got up uh, to pay tribute to lauren michaels and basically said i'm here to honor you for making fun of me <laughs> yeah exactly and, and he said that he'd been around the world and lauren lauren was saying that you know he'd been around the world he'd performed for seven presidents and not all of them are going to be as kind and nice as uh, you know how americans treat it but i thought letterman's was great he said that this night is about the honorees whose unique gifts across all boundaries and represent all parties from the left to the far left <laughs> love that yeah. so david letterman yeah, yeah and love the kennedy center honors which uh for me anyways is just a holiday tradition uh it taped yeah, uh, sure. last night and look forward to another airing of it uh later on uh, this yeah. month yeah december 22nd on cbs cool eric appreciate it as always thanks so much thanks jeff we'll talk soon all right music expert eric helper and we're back after this here on global news radio Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.